1: plus.
0: From Variety, celebrating more than 117 years covering the business of entertainment, this is the Award Circuit Podcast.
1: The world is an incredibly complicated, nuanced place, and um, as Ray Dalio says it, there is a new world order that is emerging in our lifetime, and we are saying goodbye to the the world order that was created post World War II. But I don't know if you sense it, but I very much sense it. If you see the way Russia, China, Iran, um, and UAE are all working with one another, and the United States is not brokering that deal. And so you know, while we're all doing award season chatter, just best believe the new world order is is shaping itself up. And in 30 years, I think the world that my daughter and son are going to be living in is going to be very different. But I think it'll be in a good way less myopic. But there is also a thing where I don't think we're, we may be the world leader in the same way.
0: Comedian Hassan Minhaj has a lot to say in his deeply personal Netflix special The King's Jester and plenty of things to say about the world as well. I'm Michael Schneider, and on this episode of the award-winning Variety Awards Circuit Podcast, we talk to Hassan Minhaj about the King's jester, including what's on or off limits when it comes to his family. We also discuss Netflix's decision to pull an episode of his series Patriot Act in Saudi Arabia, his current attitude towards social media, parenthood, and whether he would take the Daily Show job if asked. It's all next on this edition of the Variety Awards Circuit Podcast. Stay close. The King's Jester reps the second stand up special that Hassan Minhaj has produced and starred in for Netflix. The latest special, filmed at the Brooklyn Academy of Music, features Hassan discussing some of his recent life events. In the special, Minhaj shares his thoughts on fertility, fatherhood, and freedom of speech, and his reaction to that thirst trap photo of a buff Kumail Nanjiani that went viral. It's
1: still not as depressing as that goddamn photo
0: of Kumail Nanjiani. <laughs>
1: Fuck this photo. Don't clap. Don't you dare clap at this photo. This is a personal attack. No. This is a personal attack. When he dropped this photo, he low-key tagged every brown dude in this room. Do you understand? He tagged all of us. He's like, hey, what's up, man? I'm Kumail. What's up, man? I'm from Karachi. What are you doing with your life? I'm like, fuck you, Kumail. How dare you show white people what we could look like? (laughs) That's why I love Aziz.
0: (laughs) I love Aziz.
1: He set the bar right where it should be. Do you understand? Five foot two, built like a laddu. He's eating pasta all day, right? He's just like, ooh, yummy, ooh. Ooh, pasta. Ooh, rigatoni. Yeah!
0: In this episode of the Award Circuit Podcast, I sat down with Minhaj and our wide-ranging conversation touched on parenthood, mortality, Twitter, The Daily Show, tussling with Saudi Arabia, his upcoming movie, and so much more. We began by getting meta and discussing podcasts themselves and how Minhaj limits himself on how many he does.
1: This is a compliment. I don't do that many. Yeah? Well, I feel like I like to space it out that way there. There actually is kind of like a change in my life and a change in what's happening in the world. Otherwise, it feels like you're regurgitating the same six takes Mm -hmm. and talking about the same like nine things that are happening in the world, the same handful of TV shows, movies, political topics. Do you know what I mean? The same anecdotes. Yeah, the same Mm -hmm. anecdotes, the same stories. It's like – and then you just – have to just kind of slightly remix them. So what I'd rather do is just be like, hey, give it some time, have some things happen in your life or have your perspectives and takes change a little bit. You know what I mean? And then, sure, I'm, I'm happy to share it. Then there's also just the, and maybe it's old school of me, the idea of, um, and I am i don't know if you feel this way as a writer, but the idea of, do I really want Hassan Minhaj's thoughts, rough draft? 1.doc mm-hmm. out in the world.
0: Well, yeah. Do you know what I mean?
1: It's that feeling of like, okay, so you want me to kind of hot take my dissertation live like right now. And so I'm just putting this I'm I'm etching it in amber on the internet for right. it to just be cached and cataloged forever. So there's a little bit of like, wait, what what is the downstream effect of this? Yeah. Whereas there's something so beautiful about if I do a set at the, the the comedy store or the comedy cellar per se, it's this feeling of hey, we built the sandcastle tonight, but it it went away. And there's there, I think there is beauty in that. Yeah. Of it allows you to iterate and to think and to reflect a little bit more. So so I kind of have applied that with. Podcasts a little
0: bit too, yeah, and podcasts, social media, kind of the same thing. Like, yeah. how much do you want to give away for free without yeah. really sort of you know honing it and, yeah. and having having as your material? And yeah. and yeah, it's you know on our side of things too, it's it's sort of sometimes you've got this hot take and you put it on Twitter and you realize, oh, that should have been a story. <laughs> right. That that I could have written an entire story yeah. and actually had people reading that and yeah. thinking oh, that's a smart point as opposed yeah. to a quick like. A pithy, hey, hey. just like a pithy
1: little throwaway. Yeah, TV which
0: I literally was doing today, uh-huh. like about you know HBO Max and the new Max, and right, like right. throwing off my my bon mots, uh-huh. and and like uh-huh. mm, probably could have saved that for a story. Got but, it. Got it. Uh, but yeah, you're 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 not on Twitter anymore. I'm you, out. You officially, I'm gone. Yeah,
1: I'm gone. Sayonara. sayonara. I was, and by the way, I was sitting on that for a long time. Mm-hmm. I had I was thinking about it deeply. Where I'm like, why do I? intrinsically think this app is the problem and then i really was thinking, i was go, like, oh, no we are the problem and then the the incentive structure of the app makes it uh so horrible to to use but uh you probably have a stronger take on this as someone who works in journalism and media but but man oh man uh it is a it was a, it was a fascinating app and I was like nope I'm getting out I'm getting out of the Truman show and I'm out
0: yeah yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. was it time to just the the, the Elon uh, sort of apocalypse over there or you know,
1: you know what's so funny is even my take on the show was we all want to blame Elon but the problem is us and um, you know I kind of broke it down it was specifically certain fe- certain features like the quote tweet feature the incentive structure to shitpost. Um, the idea that there is n- no discussion no discourse no nuance it's all isis beheadings and clout mm-hmm. you know yeah has anyone ever uh you know conceded and said hey that was a really good point after your dunk or thread you yeah. know and so there was that part of it where i was like yeah i i, I don't think this is good for nuanced discussion or dialogue (laughs) (laughs) very very few things are yeah yeah Um, so it's like hey i'll i'll let everyone here run amok but and feel free to use it as mad max fury road meets the water cooler but i'm not interested in partaking in this game
0: yeah and you talk about that a lot in your special actually the clout sure and and how you know just addictive it is And, and how much it can throw off
1: what you think is real or not, and, and there's something so interesting that I was, I've been thinking about that I didn't talk about in the special. But you know, there's always been this idea of is, the, is social media and what happens on social media real or not? And I think it's safe to say now that tweets and what you see on the internet is used in congressional testimony and litigation and lawsuits – it's no different than fiat currency. Yeah, it's this amorphous idea, but it's real. Mm-hmm. You know, it's both of those things. It's nothing and everything at the same time. And I learned that, you know, in my years at The Daily Show when I saw the rise of Donald Trump. I was like, oh, wow, you can use and manipulate this thing to create something that was ostensibly nothing into something. And I'm. It has a profound effect on me, even though I know that. Mm-hmm. You know, like you see the likes, the comments, the retweets, the engagement, and in a way, it has root access to your brain starting at eight fifteen in the morning. Yeah, like yeah. it is just boom, just straight free based to my
0: dome in a way in which it never was before. And are you still on? Even though you're not posting, are you still reading it? Uh, I mean, it's, it's not on.
1: Not on Twitter. No, 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 no.
0: not on Twitter. What, no. what, what do you use? What uh, um, kind of social media are you on these days?
1: I'll read. I'll read the Times. I'll read. I mean, of course, I'll you know I'll read the news. But you know, I have a, a guy that works at our company that that does the socials for me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so you don't have to be
0: on. But do you do anything personal, like Instagram, or, or do you have like private accounts that you use <laughs> to sort accounts? of? Yeah, yeah. Because you know, a lot of a lot of celebrities do. You know, I have. I
1: just have like uh, you know like private signals with family members and little WhatsApp threads yeah. uh, with with my friends overseas and uh, family overseas. But that's really that's really it. And that
0: does a trick. And that's how you can share family yeah. photos and all yeah, that and stuff. yeah, and all that
1: stuff of like how are you, what's going on, what do you what are you up to, and then. If I if I really am curious, you know, I'll go to Variety.com or I'll open up the New York Times app and actually read it, Um, and then just see. Okay, I'll I'll go to the editorial opinion section or I'll read what you know what the kind of cover stories are, and that that's kind of you know my media diet, in the sense of um, do I feel like I'm missing anything? You know, I'll I'll be candid. uh, Whatever you know in fights that are happening between the blue check Twitter twitterati i'm not particularly interested in that because i don't think that's the big picture mm-hmm. i think it's these you know back alley fist fights that are happening you know just between people in the lunchroom online it's not a major piece of legislation being moved forward or it's not a, a massive systemic change that would make the front page of the news but so i yeah i feel i feel a lot happier for it yeah
0: yeah. Since you sort of stepped away, do you, yeah. do, you, do you feel like you're missing anything or do you still feel like, I know what's going on. I don't need that in my life. Yeah.
1: I, I totally feel like I, I know what's going on. And the perfect example of this is do you need to know what Bean Dad was? You remember when you were on Twitter? <laughs> yes. But Bean Dad is the perfect example of what a waste of time, focus, energy, and attention Mm -hmm. bean dad is the perfect example of what are we doing here we are not serious and by we i mean everybody that's part of the blue check celebrity media ecosystem what is happening here and again i you know on the special i indict myself of oh i know what i can do i can make a little piece of micro content and people will get angry about it and rinse wash repeat and i can just ride the clout wave um and and you know I have to check myself and check my intentions and go hey are you doing this for the right reason you know
0: yeah well it's something the, I explored in the show the yeah. blue checks are going away <laughs> I don't know if you heard so <laughs> what what is it now that's, that's the latest thing oh is got apparently it oh got it e- Elon chose uh, four twenty uh-huh. um, you know because he's 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 a he's a cle- right. he's a funny dude yeah he's a clever dude lol so four twenty he's uh-huh. he's pulling the the blue checks from everyone uh-huh. so. I think you know I mean I, I think he just picked the wrong game
1: if you think about the businesses that he's deciding to do, you know, renewable rockets, batteries, i mean these are like in- incredible feats of science and engineering and these massive human efforts that are that are jaw dropping and inspiring. and but then to do to buy a media company, it is i i think he's he's quite overwhelmed now to understand that it is an EQ game. It is about people's thoughts and feelings, and it is a messy gray thing. It is not physics, you know, so when you talk about um, you know how the algorithm is curated and censorship, that is a very robust, highly detailed. You have to really get into the weeds of thinking and thoughts in a way in which. Physics is very black and white, so I think for him he's just playing the wrong game.
0: Well, and he's he's not serious about it anyway. I mean, yeah. this is one big troll yeah. game to him. It's one big joke. It's it's a multi-billion-dollar joke, but yeah. it's it's stunning. It's stunning. Um, by the way, do you have at least like a Google alert on your name? Do you how much do you pay attention to what people are saying about I'll you? Have,
1: I'll have Prashant and Tyler just tell me. You know, hey, what's going on? It's, I'll be honest, man. It, there's been there's just times where you know just and even as a husband and as a father. Even though you know, I present to be like this guy. That's like, yeah, I'm on stage and I'm doing my thing. Like, yeah, my heart can't take it. Sometimes I'm mm-hmm. like, hey, this just it feels, uh, it's painful. You know, it's just painful to hear to, to and to know that, um, Ball Drape 79 has access to my emotions at 7:48 a.m. as I'm driving my three-year-old son to preschool. That's not fair to him or, you know, to me. Yeah. So it was it's it's that sort of stuff. That's like, yeah, I'd rather
0: opt out. Well, it's tough. I'm I'm sure for you, I mean as as a stand-up who, you know, talks about his life and gets sure. personal, you yeah. know, in, in this the special you get very personal. Yes. You're, you're you're you know, you allow yourself to be a little vulnerable in talking yeah. about yourself and your family. Right. Um, you know, how do you sort of walk that line in, you know, I I I'm sharing these stories, yeah. but I still need to protect my family. I need to protect all this—the the Topics that you kind of get into a little bit in this special, but right. I'm sure sounds like you've thought a lot about that over the past couple of years. Yeah.
1: You know, one of the big things that I was thinking about is, can you do the right thing for the wrong reasons? And I think that was an overarching theme that shaped um, the King's Jester and a lot of the work that I've done since, per- personally and professionally, but... Um, You know, whether it was, you know, tussling with the Saudis or going after Alden Global Capital, you can can be right in your position, but the way in which you go about it, you can do it for the wrong reasons. It can be for clout or fame or attention, and I'm sure you've certainly noticed that in the media too, that there are people that are – are you really doing – Capital J journalism, or is this a play at a book deal? And that, you know, we don't have to have that conversation here, but I'm sure privately on iMessage, you've had that conversation with colleagues of, oh, this person isn't serious about this. This is a play for some other thing. I think the same thing goes for the work that I do. You know, if I'm sincere about it, then I should go about it the best possible way. And now that I have, um, a wife and kids, the thing I've talked to my partner about is, you know, has told me, you get to say whatever you want on stage and we have to live with the consequences. And there's oftentimes a frustration, which I understand is it feels like I get to be driving the steering wheel of our family's life with maximum amount of agency and they get very little of that. And that fundamentally isn't fair. So, uh, the rule, kind of, I've had with my with my wife is, uh, "Hey, is it cool if I open mic and workshop this at the comedy clubs? But before it goes to theaters or Netflix, can we go over the Google Doc mm-hmm. and say yay or nay?" Which which is basically like having the artistic freedom, and and I really appreciate this from a partner. Um, having the artistic freedom to say and be whoever i want to be but then for us before we hit publish for us as a family to go hey are we cool with this because once we hit play on this it crosses this rubicon where it's no longer us it's it's on the other side of it where it can be reviewed by people it can be commented on it becomes part of popular culture it's not ours anymore and are you okay with that and i think we worked through that in our marriage we worked through that through therapy and that's where we're at right now. Um,
0: at, yeah. at, at what point does she actually see you perform or does <laughs> she? Does she prefer not to actually go to the the show and, and see you on stage? You know, it's
1: funny. It's like it'll get to a, a place where if I um, – so right now I'm working on my next show and it, I have about like 30, 40 minutes. It's not, it's not ready for kind of like broadcast just yet or it's not ready for the big stage per se. It's still drink. It's still at the two drink minimum level. Mm-hmm. Like if you come in and you see me at the Improv and you paid fifteen bucks, like all right, let, I, it, it's about there. You get mm-hmm. what you paid for. These are like the fifteen dollars jokes. These aren't like the Radio City <laughs> Music Hall jokes. Yeah. And um, right when I get it to like maybe like sixty minutes, seventy minutes, eighty minutes, and it feels like, hey, these things are starting to click. I'm starting to see a through line. I'm starting to see a theme. Um, do you want to take a look at it? Then you know I'll have her come out. And it'll be maybe at, like, a small theater, like, maybe, like, a 200-seater or a 300-seater. And, uh, you know, there's been things where she goes, hey, can you lift that? You know, like, not comfortable with that, that part of the our fertility story. Like, I'm not comfortable with that. And I go, like, of course, you know, because it's our story. Yeah. Or, hey, um, this is something that feels like it's mine or ours that I think is best to remain private. And I go, I totally understand.
0: You know. How, how are the kids, by the way? How how, <laughs> <they're good. laughs> how old are they?
1: Uh, five and three. My daughter's five now. Yeah yeah, my son is three. So yeah, she's in preschool and he's in preschool too. And she's about to start kindergarten, which is, yeah, it's crazy, man. And and what's wild is, um, you know, I look at like my son who's three and my father who's 73 and I'm like right in the middle, you know, I'm 37. So I feel like I'm in the halftime show of my life. Mm-hmm. And I look at my dad and my, my son, they both use the iPad the same way. <laughs> so I'm like... <laughs> My three-year-old's watching YouTube videos, and I'm not explaining to him how to use the iPad. And my 73-year-old dad is also using the iPad watching YouTube videos. About two very different things. Yeah. And my dad's watching, like, Fareed Zakaria, and my son's watching slime videos. But both of them are just equally just enthralled and scrolling and locked in. And I'm somewhere in the – I'm in the middle. But it's wild to see. My kids are getting older, and as they get older, I feel my age. Mm -hmm. I see – all this possibility and growth in them, and then my my parents are getting older. You know, but my mom had both of her knees replaced recently. My dad, he has diabetes, so he has to take his insulin. I'm am I'm, I'm seeing their mortality, and that's a weird thing. Where it's like I'm kind of the um, elder statesman in the house, and some people experience that experience that earlier in life. I'm experiencing it now. But that is a very, um, very weird thing that I'm processing right now. And all three of these things need me equally. Like my children 100% need me. My partner 100% needs me. My career 100% kind of needs me. It never felt like that. Even five years ago. I was talking to my wife about that. It felt like five years ago when we were trying to get pregnant. It was still just kind of us. The world was filled with kind of possibility. You know, oh, oh, the show's on hiatus. Do you want to go to Costa Rica? There's, it just felt like there was limitless options and we didn't have to answer to so many things. And now it feels like I have to make very hard choices and they're mutually exclusive choices. And it feels like adulthood is just hitting me yeah. in the face very hard because if we go left, we cannot go right.
0: Yeah, you're in the prime time of that right now because yeah. you know ten ten years from now when your kids are teenagers, they're gonna have a lot more sort of control over yeah. their lives, and and you'll be able to pull back again. A, are, l- you in, a are you are you in that window? Yeah. So what does that what does that feel like? It feels like you have a little more of your life back Got it. again. Um, you know, when they're able to sort of they they have their own lives to some degree, and right. and uh, you know they have their own thoughts, their own feelings, and you know they they don't need to be, uh, you know. Babysat, yeah 24 hours a day yeah and so you do have a little more time again to yourself you can leave them at home you can you know have a little bit more of a life again and so you're gonna get to that stage but right now you're not at that stage how do you look at kind of life and mortality
1: are your parents still alive yeah wow have you come to terms with the idea of all that stuff of pa- parents passing and stuff like that because i had a long conversation with ronnie chang about it and it was
0: uh it's something I'm not. I don't know if I'm I'm ready for just yet. Not at all. I'm not ready at all for it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and and it is something that I think about every once in a while. As yeah. uh, you know, my my parents had me when they were young. So Got even it. though I'm you know a good decade older than you, yeah. my parents it sounds like are about the same age as your parents. In their seventies. Oh wow. Yeah. Got so it. so that's the good news. Is I you know okay. my parents are still relatively young. But yeah, yeah, it's the same thing, right? I mean, it's. It's uh... it's funny. Ronnie was talking to me
1: about it, and he just said, "You know, his father passed away quite suddenly, and um, who's an, who's an amazing human being." And um, uh, Ronnie goes, uh, "Hey, just make sure you have all their passwords and the bank account stuff, and the like, all these little things. Who owns the house in Sacramento? You know, my parents still live in Sacramento. Who who, who does this belong to? Is everything paid off?" The Wells Fargo pins and all—just these, like, very basic, simple things. And just as he was walking me through it, I was like, I'm not ready to process this, even though I need—I know I need to. Like, this is a real thing, you know? And he was like, yeah, I had to fly back to Malaysia and go through—you de- know, I was, like, almost like this investigative reporter up for my family, you yeah. know? And so it was just a—it was a thing that I realized. that I was like, oh, man, I'm, I'm in this— I feel like I'm in the halftime show. It's the yeah. Super Bowl halftime show of my life. But it, it's very intense.
0: The third and fourth quarter matter a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, know, you what's, know, what's interesting, going back to the kids for a second, yeah. uh, and, and sort of, you know, one of the things why I wanted to bring them up was, you know, right now, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, you need your wife's clearance. You know, you're sort of sharing the show with her. But, yeah. but obviously, as the kids get older and they suddenly have opinions and yeah. suddenly— their opinion matters yeah. and it's not just, you know, having to clear things with her anymore. It's eventually yeah. going to have to be clearing things with them as well. And they're yeah. going to have a lot of say, and they're not going to want you to say a lot of things. Yeah, They're going to be a lot more embarrassed than your wife ever. And uh-huh. so are you prepared for that In realizing, Oh man, <sighs> they're not going to like this. You're going to embarrass the hell out of them. Yeah. I mean, I think the
1: biggest thing that I've, that, you know, uh, I've tried to do thus far is kind of, you know, like, uh, protect their identity as much as possible so for example uh i don't reference them by name so you don't yeah. you know they're kind of their names their identities all that stuff is kind of protected i minimize as much as i possibly can of um their eyes and certain things appearing on you know social media to, to the best of my ability um yeah.
0: you showed a cute photo cute, of your kid on the, the special yeah, but <laughs> yeah yeah we got one photo there but yeah
1: but i tried to the best of my ability to be like all right um you know, as long as you know, but that, that photo was linked to a pretty, pretty great 15 minute story. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, pretty, <laughs> it's pretty vital. Otherwise, we don't, we don't have an act one here. Right. <laughs> what i going to do. Right. But yeah, you know, it's going to be really interesting to also know that so much of my career is built on what's your take and analysis of the world. And they may be like, Dad, what are you talking about? And I'm, I don't know if I'm ready for that just yet. Um, but I they'll from what you're telling me, I guess they're going to humble me pretty quick.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, and they're going to have a, a a lot to say in terms of what you do in the future, where you go, yeah. what what uh, you know the direction of the family is. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, that's that's the interesting next stage, right? So en- enjoy the fact right now that you basically have free reign to force right. them to go anywhere right. you want to go. They have to come with,
1: right? Because you're right. They're high school, it's like, hey, I got my friends, I got my life, I got soccer, I got this. Like, what do you mean we got to go to Nashville today or whatever? Right, yeah. right. I'm not going. Yeah,
0: so okay
1: (laughs) that's i was uh, hoping for like words of wisdom and optimism you're like no it's gonna it's 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 gonna get you'll be free in some ways but then they're they're also going to be really that's always the case right i
0: mean you've already experienced that like you don't have to change diapers anymore but Uh now you have to take them to school there's there's always there's always something keeps changing yeah. yeah yeah Um, so speaking of kind of the, you know, where things stand with, with you, um, you know, obviously you got to, you, you, uh, guest hosted a daily show a while ago. So where do things stand there? I mean, are you in the running for that gig? Would you want that gig? You know, I was, uh, it's funny. I was having a conversation
1: with, um, everyone at the show and well, actually two things. The first is, I am so pleasantly surprised at how fun the guest hosting week was and how cool it's been to see different people guest host the show. Um this was before my time, but I heard that there was even a time with Carson where they had guest hosts and people came in, but what I what I've loved seeing is just the the gamut of talent between someone like Leslie Jones and then Marlon Wayans and then John Leguizamo to Chelsea Handler to Sarah Silverman. And everybody's got their own different kind of take or spin on things, which has been really cool to see. And I think it definitely has added a level of unpredictability to the to the form, you know, whether or not you love the show or not. I don't know what Roy's going to do on Monday versus what. Chelsea Handler's going to do the following Monday like that feeling of who knows who knows what they're going to say and they have such a unique purview on the um on the world. I did not anticipate that it would be so fun to watch and I I've been pleasantly surprised at like how how fun it it's been to watch. And I got to give give the writers credit. The fact that you have to completely just change the whole direction by Thursday by the time that host is done, all right, we got to start all over again Monday. It's so impressive. Um And then in regards to wanting to do the show, you know, that show really kind of launched my career. And I was thinking about this. I think the show, I I believe it was launched in the late 90s, 96, I believe Mm -hmm. it was launched. So now that I think about it, it's been around 27, 28 years, almost 30 years, right? Yeah. Long time. Long time. Um, So it is an American comedy institution, and I hope whatever direction it goes um i hope it celebrates its 30th, 40th and 50th the way SNL did cuz as a, as i've traveled the world you know whether i've gone to india or south africa or latin america people know what the daily show is around the world it's a pretty cool thing and yeah. people look to that thing as a you know we need a daily show in brazil Meaning, we need this kind of daily political satire, biting, cutting, irreverent type of show here. And you guys have, you and you guys in America have this thing that is this institution of irreverent satire that we see around the world. And I, traveling this past year has reminded me of that. Of like, oh, that's really cool, and I hope that that tradition continues. Whoever does the job. You know what I mean?
0: But do you do you miss? I mean, Patriot Act was cut short in yes. its life. Yes. Do you do you miss that that platform, that opportunity to? I'll tell
1: you what I miss: doing the
0: elections
1: on that on specifically the Daily Show or election years are so fun. It was so fun, and Patriot Act ended right during the election cycle. Yeah. It, was, it ended during COVID, unfortunately. And uh, I remember going to the um the DNC and the RNC and doing like the live election night coverage it was such a fun way to take everything that's stirring around in your head and in your heart and and putting it into something giving it some, you know a, that having that vehicle of comedic catharsis is so fun you know cuz everyone's doom scrolling at home anyways so yeah. you might as well have somewhere to put it um and then there's also something really beautiful and zen about um, and Colbert has talked about this about the the joy of creating something and then letting it go that being kind of um, its own beautiful thing that's that 's interesting and beautiful in and of itself it 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 doesn't have to last the test of time, and that 's okay. It was for that day, just the act of creating it was was um fun and when I guest hosted this pastime, I could feel that. When I when I was coming up as a correspondent, you just it's it's like making it an, on SNL. You just want to make sure your sketch gets on. Like, did my field piece air? Does John want me to do a chat? Does Trevor think that I can do an act two piece? And um getting to guest host it was just one of those really cool things of, Hey, we did our Monday episode, I did my little bit with this, and we did this thing with Giannis and cool. Tuesday we start anew, you know, and we pour ourselves back into it that way. Um so yeah. that part is really cool and really fun. And you have to embrace that for what it is. It's so different than making a TV show or a movie. You, know?
0: you still haven't answered my question. Would well, I want to do it? Yes. If, if asked, would, yeah. you, would you serve?
1: Um, I'm definitely open to the conversation. But mm-hmm. it's also, and, and again, to go back to the special, that's a family conversation. Now. Yeah. It's a very different conversation that, um, that it, than when I first got hired at the show when I was 29.
0: Yeah. my life is in a
1: very different place and so that's a bigger like life family convo yeah you know and it changes a lot of things you know
0: yeah yeah no i mean it's it's a great opportunity but it is also an all consuming job all
1: all encompassing all consuming thing and and there's a lot of people again like like what i've talked about when I, when i shape my act other people have to live with the consequences of what i say and um I just want to make sure everybody if that were to ever come to fruition hey are we all on board with this
0: you know there's also do you think there is that expectation now and even that pressure of you know the the daily show now holds this position of of almost you know as as Journalism has faltered a bit. I mean, sure. the most recent example is how disappointed so many people were over Leslie Stahl's interview with Marjorie Taylor Greene right. and how she just didn't hold that woman's feet to the fire the way, say, a John Stewart would. Right, And we see this time and time again where it felt like and it still feels like uh, shows like The Daily Show and mm-hmm. like you. I mean, when you would do your pieces on, on Patriot Act, right. I mean, you're coming in there and you're like – you're coming, you know, blazing with the facts and sure. the questions and the kinds of hard uh, you know questions that journalists aren't really asking, maybe because they're too afraid of being painted as biased etc. and you don't have that same sort of fear, but sure. there is that position now of of having to do the job of journalists sure. that journalists aren't doing.
1: You know, I I I, I first of all one of the things I talked about in the King's Jester is I there is this there is this thing where people have quote unquote gone after journalism. But I do want to shout out some of the local journalists and journalists that are doing incredible work. And I touched on it briefly in Patriot Act, but also in the King's Jester. You know, never forget it was local journalists that were the ones that broke the story on uh the R. Kelly case, mm-hmm. the Jeffrey Epstein case that was the Miami Herald. Chicago Tribune were the people that broke the R. Kelly case. So beyond the, the Twitter clout chasing bullshit, there are people that are doing deep investigative reporting. I'm talking about not some, hey, this is my hot take and I just sp- spouted it out. No, no, no. I'm going down and getting public records, cross-checking, verifying, real uh, dirt underneath the nails, nerd shit. Mm-hmm. And I got to tip my hat to those people. So those people are – are proper journalists and they are breaking news. And that is very important. When it comes to what's what's kind of happened with the comedy satirists, I call them, where we play quote-unquote fake uh, journalists or you know make-believe journalists, as uh, George Carlin said this best, where uh, comedy is a low art form. We're just barely above clowns and magicians. But we are with the people. And I think one of the things that um, great interviewers, the John Stewart's do is not only do they have an incredible amount of intelligence, but they also have a PhD in what I call, come on, bro, level with me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Where, where there's like the, okay, I hear your talking point, but j- just level with me for a yeah, second. Yeah. Like, can we just be honest? Which is that it's, it's like, can we just cut it out with the LinkedIn energy? I hear your talking point. Give it to me like you would on iMessage because C- I know this isn't true. Funny enough, I kind of had that, that exchange with Kevin O'Leary on The Daily Show when I interviewed him. We did a big thing about, you know, grifters and crypto grifters. And, you know, he came on and he famously has gotten, he, he's gotten under some heat for his endorsement of FTX and crypto. And he was talking about the free market and how companies fail all the time. And I'm like, let's just cut to the chase. I think you endorse this because you got paid $18 million guaranteed to to do this. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to tell you what I, I'm telling my friends on WhatsApp.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, Level with me, come on, bro. Just level with me. Is that true? <laughs> you know, and I'm not, yeah. and I'm not trying to like get you. I'm, I, I'm, I'm seeking truth here. I'm seeking the truth. Yeah, like, yeah.
0: Please, just, just want to have a real conversation. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, Come yeah. on, bro. I like yeah.
1: that. Yeah, a, a PhD in come on, bro. I got my undergrad in poli sci, but my PhD has to be in. Come on, bro. Just level with me.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So what uh, what kind of notes uh, did you get from Netflix on the the King's Gesture? What uh, you actually wow. talk about Netflix?
1: You know what's so cool, man? I this is very again this is rare with talent, but they did not give me any notes, and they they were incredibly supportive at, hey, let it fly, um, and we'll let the chips fall where they fall. You know, if if a demand letter comes then we will respond accordingly and i want to give a shout out to sam the lawyer i'm not going to give Mm -hmm. away his last name but sam the lawyer went through line by line everything in the special and made sure we were you know absolutely buttoned up that way we wouldn't get a at least a domestic demand letter you know um in regards to the saudi stuff i think really i made it clear i think i was throwing up the white flag of like hey man i'm not trying to bum rush any embassies anymore like I'm tapping out. I'm not. I'm not playing the role of provocateur anymore.
0: You know. I mean, do you remember how you felt when you learned that Netflix had pulled the episode from the the the, the Saudi? Uh... We were we were taping at the time. We yeah. were taping at the time, and then and
1: then um, we found out. Um, and then that's where you know, you know, it's so funny. Whenever you're a comedian, even if something strange or weird happens, you're just like, great. <laughs> you just gave me ten more minutes of material. Mm-hmm. That that's where yeah. that's where all the that's where all the juicy stuff, stuff is. Yeah. yeah. Of again, that humor comes from things that are strange or weird or awkward or unexpected. Mm-hmm. So um we were then able to quickly address it on the next show. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
0: And and then this special i assume was never seen in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> You know what I think variety should check it on VPN like
1: <laughs> use a VPN and be like is it is it still up or not
0: I'm guessing mm-hmm. no but what do I know you know here's my hot take uh,
1: I'm telling you this is my prediction after I saw the Red Sea Film Festival there's going to be conline will be live from Jeddah it's just a matter of time <laughs> I mean that's that's the trend line of the way things are going and the way the world is working and um you know Take that, however you want to take that, you know. But uh, the world is a is an incredibly complicated, nuanced place, and um, as Ray Dalio says it, there is a new world order that is emerging in our lifetime, um, and we are saying goodbye to the the world order that was created post World War II. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you sense it. But I very much sense it. Yeah. If you see the way Russia, China, Iran, um, and UAE are all working with one another. And the United States is not brokering that deal. Um, and so you know while we're all doing award season chatter, just best believe the new world order is, is shaping itself up. And in 30 years, I think the world that my daughter and son are going to be living in is going to be very different. But I think it will be in a good way less myopic. But there is also a thing where I don't think we're, we may be the uh, world leader in the same way anymore
0: right right well and also it's going to be about 10 degrees hotter mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. <laughs> right there's a lot that, that, that'll be in 30 years but um, but in a weird way you know what i don't know if you feel this way
1: um and and some people consider it to be trite or corny um but i don't think so uh but i am optimistic about the future i am optimistic about the future and in a weird way as a guy who's built his career off of making jokes about the headlines if you actually take the time to zoom out 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 feet out, it's it's remarkable at how far we've come and what we've accomplished. Um, even from our little industry, you know, let's just call it show business, media, writing. Um, I tell people all the time, whenever I get down in the dumps about anything, I go, hey, if you could spin the wheel, would you go back to what it was before or would you be right here? Again, what would you do? And you're like, no, I, I would take what we have kind of right now in this moment. Yeah. And what's possible in the future? Yeah, yeah. Than what 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 was? Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. And the hope that you know we were all kind of living, you know, sort of fat and happy for for many years because yeah. things were sort of status quo. Yeah. And and it, I think this is all forcing the everything that's going on right now is forcing all of us to kind of wake up. Yeah. And and including this younger generation that totally. seems to really be engaged in the way that, you know, previous generations, uh, you know, weren't because things were kind of okay. Yeah. And sort of chugging along. Yeah. Uh, it's not that way anymore. So hopefully that does actually impact some, some good change. Totally. I agree. But, uh, for now, we're still talking about award season. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, so, uh, going back to the special and, and any other reaction, uh, specifically Kumail, Uh,
1: you know, what's so funny is, uh, I
0: think I've said, you know, it's so funny like nine times on this podcast.
1: Um, Kumail was really cool about the joke and so was Aziz. And I did the joke um, in front of Aziz in London. Mm-hmm. And in, when it's people that I know, I generally like to like tell them like, hey, I got this joke about you. Um, <laughs> let me know what you think. Um, but they were both really cool about it and I appreciate it.
0: Um, they both come off pretty well. Yeah, I mean, I mean look,
1: I, I I still feel like Kamel cyberbullied me, and he makes me
0: feel a certain way. It's anyway, it, it's just it's just it's not right. It's ridiculous. It's I ridiculous. Mean, he doesn't need to be that jacked. That jacked and that funny. Yeah. He like I was
1: like I thought we got we we
0: picked our lane. Right. We both.
1: So yeah, <laughs> yeah. And again, I'm having a
0: midlife crisis right now. No, I I hear mm-hmm. you. I hear you. Um. So let's talk about what's coming up. So, sure. um. You know, we've been waiting for this third season of the morning show. You are in the third season, right? What's I can't I can't announce can't, I can't, you can't announce say that anything? I can't
1: announce that. But um, I'm in pre production working on a movie that we're doing with Amazon. I'm really excited about that. It's called For the Culture. Oh yeah, tell me about um, that. It's about the competitive world of collegiate Bollywood dance. I'm not kidding. Yeah, um, a and, very a very funny comedy that I wrote with my writing partner and producing partner at 26K, Prashant Um and. And yeah, it's a it's a fun, silly, campy, cutting comedy that's based on painfully true events. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, really, I there's so many. You know, it's a, it's a it's a film that has so many young kids and young talent in it. And really, it, it comes from a place of love. One of the one of the north stars as we were writing the film was, I want to write the comedy and the material that I wish I would have received when I first moved to L.A in my twenties when I was just arriving, like bright eyed and bushy tailed to this town. Um, that kind of fun, edgy, smart, cutting material that I saw so many other performers get. And, uh, I'm very excited about, you know, the kids that are going to come in and read for us because the characters are messy. The jokes are savage, uh, I'm like, fuck, this is exciting.
0: Yeah. And are you in it or did you I'm just write it? Yeah, it? I'm, so in, it. I'm what, in it. Can you tell but, me what you play?
1: But they're driving, you know, not to give anything away, but, you know, I'm the elder statesman in it. So I'm <laughs> j- just like I am on, on Patriot Act where I'm I'm kind of a substitute teacher. I'm I'm just, I'm sort of like that type of character mm-hmm. in the in the movie, but it's their movie. And, you know, when it was announced that the, the, the title of the film was called For the Culture, but it really is For the Culture. Um and one of the things that I think is so cool right now, if we're just, you know, obviously I'm here and we're talking about awards and everything that's happening is uh, the the film industry and the TV industry has profoundly changed for the better. And I think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. It is awesome. Um, you know, they always say that... Uh, there's that, that old saying, the world is a big place, but actually what's been cool about the internet, digital and streaming is it's made the world a smaller place. So whether it's a movie like Joyland that Riz Ahmed is executive producing or Minari or um, you know everything, everywhere, all at once, there, there is no um, homogenous idea of film and cinema. And what's so cool is that so many different people from around the world are shaping film and cinema. And so the movie that we're we're working on is taking my upbringing, my life, and we're paying homage to the 90s and early 2000s iconic Bollywood cinema of Yash Chopra and all of these guys that we grew up watching that profoundly shaped world cinema. But they never got their just due. And so for me and Prashant, we wanted to be that bridge to bring that type of musical comedy to America. Not to, you know, not to flex, but when people go, oh, I love Chicago, I love La La Land, they're such great musicals. I'm like, you guys haven't seen musicals. <laughs> we do musicals. You know, And I wanted to bring that in a cool American diasporic way, the way we celebrate it around the world. American Daisies and UK Daisies. We all are a part of this very unique culture that um, we want to share with the world. And I just feel like um, what excites me the most is I'm at this period and this point in time where I can bridge those worlds, you know?
0: And uh, let's see where it goes. Yeah. And you're doing that for Amazon. Amazon. And yeah. uh, is yeah. that going to be in theaters? We'll see, you know, we'll see.
1: yeah. I, we'll see. I mean, you know, I saw the the recent announcement that they're going to try to start doing theatricals. I think more, is exciting. Yeah. 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 So we'll see. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, and you're right. I mean, that's one of the the you know great things about this streaming revolution yeah. is that there have been so many more opportunities. Totally. And storytelling has really expanded. So. Yeah. And I'm sure you know you you must have felt
1: this too, where you had to be a specific type of cinephile to to appreciate and love international cinema, um, but now because of streaming you know, I have friends and colleagues who would never see a Telugu speaking film talking to me about RRR. You know, and that's their entry point to understanding Shahra Khan and Amar Khan and the the rich history of Bollywood. Then they're going down a rabbit hole in seeing how big and substantial that that industry is. Um and I'm not shying away from it. I'm celebrating it. Yeah. You know, and and streaming and digital has made that possible
0: yeah yeah you used to either have to live in a big city and go downtown to the Mm -hmm. one theater or you had to find like the the dusty section of the indie independent video store back in the day and and you really had to search
1: yeah and just dig through the milk crates to like okay monsoon wedding i'm gonna watch that you know what i mean or mississippi masala there was just Mm -hmm. these like handful the joy luck club there's just a handful of little moments where oh this was a weird piece of kind of fringe pop culture um and now what's so cool is that it it's not French. It is so uh, big and beautiful, and it's it's awesome. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's really awesome. Or back when IFC actually played independent <laughs> movies, <All> right. which <laughs> <All> right, right. <laughs> you right. made a point of uh, yep. when yep. hosting. But it was true. I used to really enjoy finding like uh, movies like that on on cable. Totally. And it, it yeah. there was a weird moment where you couldn't find things anymore because everything had to be like repeats of popular things. But now, yeah, there's more options and more opportunity. Yeah. Totally. So yeah. by the way, what did you learn from hosting uh, an award show? What's 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 your hot take on uh the pros and cons okay. of, of hosting an award okay, show? Okay, I'll,
1: I'll just say this hosting the pros and cons of, of 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 an award show. I realized um, you know, I've hosted the Independent Spirit Awards and I've and I've hosted the White House Correspondents Dinner. Mm-hmm. And both are equally uptight rooms for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um I realized that. Generally, when people come to award shows, it is their birthday party and they want to be celebrated. Nobody wants to be roasted at their party. So that's the first thing that I learned. Um, Number two, I realized now people are so aware of what award shows are, um, probably because of the Oscars maybe a couple years ago, that they know that their reaction shot is going to be on television potentially and they need to act accordingly. So it's always going to be a tight room. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's never going to be raucous. Sometimes you're competing with uh, dinner and drinks and cameras move. There's a lot of things that you are fighting uphill on. Um, And then number three, this was a key detail that a friend of mine told me about as I go, why can't people just laugh at themselves? And my buddy goes, Hassan, you have to understand these award shows are job fairs for people. It, it's it's not just the pomp and the circumstance. It's where you can run into other colleagues and actors, writers, producers can run into other colleagues. So they're not just there to uh, dress up like characters in The Hunger Games that live in the capital. They're there to also commiserate and break bread and talk about other work. And if you make fun of someone at the job fair, they may not get hired for the next job. So it is... They may find it deeply offensive. How could you say this? You know, you're besmirching my LinkedIn profile right now. <laughs> Other people are watching. But I wish I would have added this as an, as an addendum as I go, I know why everyone's uptight right now. It's a job fair. But just so you know, the person who gets the job at the job fair tends to be the person that isn't treating it like a job fair. Mm-hmm. That if you sit back, relax, and just have fun with the moment, it is an infectious thing and whether it's the president or a celebrity being able to laugh at yourself is an incredibly endearing quality. You know, it, yeah. it lets people know like hey, I am I am no better than you. Um and by the way for people in positions of power, there is nothing better that that pe- that the employees love more than the boss being made fun of. Just for a moment. You know, it humanizes you yeah. in front of everybody. So, that yeah. those are the lessons that I've learned from award shows. Um and maybe the next time I do, I, I do an award show, I'll do that announcement up top. I go, listen, there's two ways this, this could go. I could do a very boring filleting f- of everyone's ego or we could like really have fun. Yeah. Which one would you prefer? And I, and I could prepare two sets. <laughs> so it's like a choose your own adventure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I go – I have this. This this one is called spineless spinelessset.pdf. And this is called biting jokes. PDF. You choose. Right, right. You choose. And I just open it up to the room. By go, show of applause. I go I go, we're gonna vote on this right now and just go down the line and be like, All right, yeah, you chose. Yeah.
0: Or just just point to like Kate Blanchett and say, Kate, it's up to you. <laughs> it's up to you. <laughs> it's, it's what type of show are we gonna yeah, do? Yeah. It's all up but to you, Kate. So
1: so so yeah, so I think those are the things that I've that I've learned from uh from from hosting some of these
0: shows. Well I hope to see you hosting another one soon. We'll see. Yeah. Well, awesome, thanks for uh, stopping by. Thanks for having me. Great seeing you, man. Appreciate you. The King's Jester is now streaming on Netflix. And that's it for this edition of Variety's Award Circuit Podcast. Michael Schneider is the producer. Be sure to subscribe to the Award Circuit Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. Also, head on over to variety.com and click on the Award Circuit tab to find the latest awards predictions and key races, as well as your daily fix of news, analysis, and reviews. For Jazz Tanke, Emily Longaretta, and Clayton Davis, I'm Michael Schneider, and we'll see you on the circuit.
1: Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky.
0: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha,
1: in my dentist's office.